Well, last week we talked about how God is good, that He is a good shepherd or a good leader. Today I want to talk to you about how that God is good because He is the rock. Now, I don't want to offend anybody who follows the rock on social media. I get it that there is like a mini rock on the planet who calls himself the rock. But I want you to know that there is another kind of a rock that the Bible talks about that is the rock of ages. And this idea is actually fundamentally important because I think we live in a world in which things are rocky, but not rock solid. And God is our rock solid place. And we all need something solid in life. Amen. We live in a world in which people are perhaps not only not so rock solid, maybe even a little flaky. I did some homework about uh, what Wikipedia says is the definition of flaky people. Would you like to know just out like for free, just for free, what Wikipedia says is the five characteristics of flakiness. Would you be interested in that? I mean, it's free. Top of the list is people who take too long to reply to WhatsApps. I don't know. Did a 14-year-old write this article? I'm not sure if I, like top of the list was takes too long to reply. The second one I think is more true. Always cancels plans at the last minute. That's a bit flaky. I think that's a bit flaky. Never does their part. I think that's maybe a little, a little bit flaky. The other two are, are worse, and I can't remember them. Um, I just go. I wasn't. It wasn't in the notes. But in Isaiah forty-four, there is a declaration from a prophet in the Bible. Isaiah forty-four verse eight says, "Do not tremble." He's speaking as though God is speaking. So it's the words of God. Do not tremble. Do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim this and foretell it long ago? You are my witness. Is there any God beside me, says the Lord? No, there is no other rock. I know not one. That's a good amen verse right there. There is one uh, firm, assured rock. I think the idea of this, though, is incredibly practical and very important. It's amazing to me how often people might say things like, this is my husband or this is my wife. They are my rock. And I think that's a lovely thing to say. I think that it's true, too, in so many ways, that people who've been married for 50 years are agreeing. I mean, corrosive a little, but rock nevertheless, right? Is that what you were saying? But... There is also a biblical idea here that's very important, that if we're not careful about how we build our lives, then our lives will, will falter and not be built on solid ground. I'm sure you all know, because you sang it perhaps in kids' church, about the foolish man who builds his house on the sand. And the wise man who builds his house on the Right. And so we could debate so much about the storms and the winds and the rains, but actually the story is about the foundation on a rock. Storms will come, tough times will happen, but if you're built a certain way, you're not built flaky, but you're built rock solid, you're built firm on Christ, then actually it almost doesn't matter what the environment does, you are solid. And I think I want to say today, we need more solid people out there. 
We need more solid people out there. We as the body of Christ need to be solid. I think to define what that looks like and then to ask the Lord to help me overcome wherever, wherever I'm not solid is fundamentally important. I'm grateful that our God is not changing with every wind idea or every new voted concept. I'm glad that our God is the same yesterday, today and forever. And I think it's important in a world in which very little seems to be the same yesterday, today and forever, that we are confident that we are solid because we are on a firm foundation that is unchanging and everlasting. God is good when we accept Him as rock solid. When you try to change God, then the goodness of God seems to escape you. God is good because He is greater than you or I. It is His greatness that makes Him so good. Can you say amen to that? So is that a clappable moment? Right. There is a a story, a, a, a vision, a prophecy told in the book of Daniel. I just want to set it up for you because it'll set us up well for putting this into a practical conversation. It's a king, Nebuchadnezzar, and the king is having trouble sleeping at night because he keeps having dreams that he can't interpret. So he's got Daniel in his court. Daniel is known to be a religious man, a biblical man, a spiritual man. So when the king can't sleep, he goes to church. And if kings do it, so should you. (laughs) So he couldn't sleep at night and he needed some answers. And what he had seen was this vision. So let me tell you what he saw. He said, while you were watching, Um, In Daniel chapter 2, verse 34, while you were watching, he's explaining the vision, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. Let me just pause there for a moment. The most powerful thing in your life is to have something in your life that you didn't create, invent, or are the master of, to have something made with heavenly hands. Not human hands, but heavenly hands. Have a marriage made with heavenly hands. Build a business made with heavenly hands. Live a life fashioned by heavenly hands. You'll see why in a moment. And this rock is cut out, not by human hands. And it struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. And then the iron and the clay and the bronze, the silver and the gold were all broken to pieces and became like chaff on the threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace. But the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. Oh, that's very good. This is the dream, Daniel says, and now uh, we will interpret it uh, to the king. Here's the interpretation, then I'll give you the context. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. God is going to do something that can't be destroyed. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of the mountain. Have I gone too fast? Nor will it be left to another people. It will crush. I need to go back. I'm pretending I froze like your Wi-Fi sometimes. Buffering, buffering. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it itself endures forever. 
This is the meaning uh, of the vision of the rock cut out of the mountain, but not by human hands, a rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, the gold to pieces. The great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true and its interpretation is trustworthy. Let me tell you the vision. The vision was that the king saw a big statue and it started out looking very good. It was made out of gold. And then as you went down the statue, it was made out of cheaper material, silver, iron, and then right at the end. Have you ever heard the phrase, everyone's got feet of clay? That phrase comes from this verse. Most good phrases come from the Bible. And the idea was right at the end, the feet of clay, a bit of clay and a bit of uh, iron mixed together. It wasn't very solid. And each of them represented times in human history, different ways of, of, of governing rulers and kingdoms. But by the end, the world got weak. That's the principle. It starts out gold, but in the end, it's clay. And here's the importance of this vision. Um, the king sees a little rock made not by human hands, an idea, a life, a way of living, not a way of living reached by democracy, not a way of living suggested by science, not a way of living calculated by the human mind, but something made by the hand of God. And that stone came at those different styles of kingdoms and struck it at its feet and the feet of clay collapsed. And then the rock grew to be a mountain and the glory of God covered the earth as the waters cover the sea. This is an important idea. The idea that something is getting bigger and the rock of ages is getting smaller is a lie. This is a trustworthy saying that the vision shares that the kingdoms of this world, the way life is done out there is going to get fragile and the rock of ages is going to get firmer. And if you look at the world today and perhaps even in your own experience, things are fragile. Things are fragile. You know, it's getting harder and harder to, to know what topic, you know, you're allowed to talk about before you offend someone. Sensitive. I just want you to know, I, I think offences will come. I mean, I'm just going to say it. Offences will come. I, I think it's important that we don't start making our lives out of feet of clay a little bit of mud from the earth and a little bit of, of steel from the Bible and a piece of gold over there and you fashion something together, but it's fragile. Let us build our lives on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ, the rock of ages and cleft for me. I think this idea is important because if we don't do that, we'll adopt the fragile ways of a fragile world. And I don't think the world needs more fragile stuff. I think the world needs something to lean on. I mean, something's got to be solid, right? Something's got to be solid. You need to be solid because, because somebody might need to lean on you. And the only way they'll be able to do that is if there's something solid to hold it up. You know, the importance of this idea is that um, our God is being diminished in the eyes of the world, except that our God is the most powerful voice in the world, holding a, a very shaky environment firmly in the palm of his hands.
it's a dangerous thing when you're feeling shaky. And it's true that the world can easily be shaky. In fact, I thought as a joke, maybe the title of this message should be Shaken and Stirred. But I would offend all the... Um, there we go, offending. I would, I would annoy all the, I would upset all the, all the bond people, the bond people. But here's what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us that our planet is shaky. It's fragile. Whenever scientists tell us that this or that is fragile, I'm not surprised. The Bible actually tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, the words once more indicates the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably in reverence with awe. Things are shaky. We live in a shaky planet. Things are fragile. We live in a fragile environment. But there is a kingdom that can't be shaken. And there is a place that cannot be shaken. One day there will be a new heaven and a new earth, the Bible says. I get that things are fragile. I'm amazed that the world is losing their mind a little. We want to protect the the fragile nature of the planet, but we are playing fast and loose with the fragile nature of a soul. We want to make sure the planet is safe, but we're breaking people while we're going there. And I would like to see both saved. But I want you to know, God is for people and God is changing people's lives. There's another thing about shaking that's great to talk about it out there. But I think that sometimes shaking is not just the planet, it's a place. Maybe your home feels shaky. Maybe like the person in the comment section this morning, things are dark. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that because it's easy to let the darkness in. But it's just as easy to turn the light on. And all of us have a responsibility in our spiritual journey to let the light in. Can you say amen to that? Let the light in. Sometimes we board ourselves up and try to process in our own hearts. But all you need to do is open a window and let the light in. Today I want to invite you, if you're feeling like your place is shaky, your house is shaky, you're like that man who built a house on the sand and it feels very vulnerable at the moment. Your relationship is shaky and your future seems uncertain. I want you to come to the rock. And I want you to place your life on his firm foundation. And I want you to watch him rebuild, even with poor materials, something eternal in your life. Something eternal in your life. Reminder of what Matthew chapter 7 says, the rain came down, the storms rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. It had its foundations on the rock. I, I, I want to remind you, winds come, storms come. They did, definitely did in Mandela Bay last Friday. I personally feel that my house is three meters closer to the ocean now than it was. I definitely, it definitely moved. I'm quite, I'm quite confident of it. As an avid gardener, I was so uh, disappointed. You know, you get these little few things that start growing and the wind just reminds you, not today. Not today, not this year maybe, maybe next year. Why, why do we shout at the storm 
when we are called to stay in the boat and speak to it. Stay in the boat, speak to the storm. Saints are getting out the boat trying to shout louder than the storm. Stay in the boat, speak to the storm. Be still. Be still. Be still. Sometimes you feel shaky personally. You're not sure about how things look for the future and so that makes you uncertain. You follow some people on YouTube and you feel, gosh, I'm falling behind. You look at the news and you think, it's never going to come right in some area or the other. And then you're wondering, have I made the right choices? Am I in the right city? Am I married to the right person? Don't look now, but am I married? (laughs) So in order to call, you know, because I can make trouble here now by mistake. (laughs) uh, Let me me tell you what I've concluded as I I get it. I mean, I'm well into my 30s now. Let me tell you what I've learned. Let me tell you what I've learned. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. Let me tell you what I've learned. I've definitely made mistakes. I am currently probably making some mistakes and next year I don't need to be a prophet to tell you I'm going to make some mistakes. But I do all of that on the rock. Because though the righteous stumbles seven times, it shall rise again. See, it's not falling, it's where you're falling. That makes all the difference in the world. If I fall in my pursuit of a righteous endeavor, I will rise again. If I fall in the pursuit of worldliness, the world will eat me up. But if I fall even within my pursuit of righteousness, Christ will lift me up and I will find my feet again. I will not fail to death. (laughs) Fall in the right geographic location on a rock. Fall there. I mean, you know, scientifically it sounds more sore, but but you're likely to. I'll tell you the difference. I'll tell you the difference. I'll tell you why it matters where you fall. Uh, I watched the video the other day. I know I say that a lot, and people came to me the other day and said, "Don't you watch too many videos?" I'm like, I'm single. <laughs> but some guy, some some guy had the experience. Listen, this is hectic. Actually, I must tell you. Because I blame the human condition. Shark Week. Have you seen what happened? They were filming for Shark Week. They put a man in a perspex fish tank so he could film. And a great white shark thought it was bait. Oh, you didn't see? After you read your Bible today, Go search for it on YouTube. But after you read your Bible, because well, you're going to come to the Bible after you see this video anyway. That shark came and took the whole perspex tank with a little human inside and bit it. That guy jumps out. Now it's him and a perspex tank and a shark. And all he's trying to do is find that perspex tank again. You know how hard it is to get into something in water? Have you ever tried to get back onto a canoe or back into a boat? You look awkward. 
You are arms and legs all over the place, like an octopus trying to make its way back on. You know, you might fall hard when you fall on a rock, but getting up is a lot easier than falling in water or something soft. You've got nothing to anchor yourself against and to lift yourself up. Fall geographically somewhere where it's worth getting up for again. You know, this idea of finding the firmness of your faith. Don't blame yourself. Everybody, including big names in the Bible, had this problem. You know him as Peter, the rock. I mean, the original. The original rock was Peter. He didn't start out as a rock. started out as Simon, Peter. Simon the reed, Peter the rock. Somewhere between the reed and the rock was the revelation of Jesus Christ. You are the Messiah. Oh, Peter, on that rock. Now, all of us have reed-like moments. Sway in the wind, catch on fire easily. Not very useful. Rock. Solid, immovable. Every one of us have to make the move from reed to rock in some era in our lives. From flaky to firm in our lives. Mark chapter 3, just so that there's scriptural evidence. These are the 12 he appointed Simon to whom he gave the name Peter. God gave him a new name. And that's deeply encouraging. That all of us can start out a bit shaky, but we can land up rock solid. I think the church has had over the last couple of years globally a shaky time. But I want you to know, it's becoming rock solid. And once that happens, that rock made, not with human hands, will become a mountain again, and the mountain will cover the earth. Like the waters cover the sea. God is at work making things rock solid again. So in the couple of minutes I have with you, I want to share with you three biblical ideas on how to become solid as a person, as a community, solid in the world, how to make your life solid. Do you remember the story of Joseph? He had a tough time. He started out quite proud, told his brothers, his mother and father, that he was very important. Told him, also a man with a dream, told him, told them that they would all one day bow down to him. And I always encourage people that even if you've got a lot of prophecies, you don't have to talk about them all. Sometimes too much prophecy talking gets you into prisons and pits and places. Nevertheless, God was able to turn it around. While they were, he was reconciled with his family one day. While they were having a conversation and they were apologizing, they said to Joseph, we are sorry. Joseph makes this remark. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. I am not God. Vengeance is his, not mine. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. God is good. You know, even the things that are intended to harm God turns them around and he makes them good. 
And I wanted to encourage you today that whenever there is an increase of harm or an increase of flakiness or an increase of shakiness, have this confidence. God will turn it around and make all things work together for the good to them that love Him and are called according to His purpose. A turnaround moment starts to happen when things like that take place. So I want to encourage you to do these three things well in cultivating in your life being solid. I'd like to be solid. I'd like to be unshakable, immovable. There's a verse in the Bible that says that we ought to be unshakable, immovable, always abounding in the word of truth. You know, some people, I mean, think about your own family. I know in my family, uh, with a mom and dad when we were younger, one was the easy person to ask. The other, immovable. I'd love to do a survey one day on which one was yours and how you turned out. I'd like to see which one was yours. Actually, my father was the easy one to ask. My mother, immovable. <laughs> she fulfilled that scripture completely. Always abounding in the principle of her own truth. Being solid in something, immovable. Immovable by whom? The devil shouldn't move you. The news shouldn't move you. The circumstances shouldn't move you. Popularity shouldn't move you. Just immovable. Just fuss. Oh, wait, sorry. I need to translate that. I think you may need to Google translate that. There are just some words that work better. In, 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 in Greek and Afrikaans, I feel. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying uh, three things. Firstly, you become solid when you process well. When you process well. I call this rinse and repeat in life. And what I mean by that is stuff happens and we have to stop praying to control stuff. What we instead have to do is let it leave a little mark for a little while. Let it affect you for a little season. Have a period of mourning or a frustrating moment. But rinse, rise up and repeat. Process well. Disappointments come. Unanswered prayers appear to affect us. Negativity surfaces. Process well. Lord, I am annoyed, I'm frustrated, I'm disappointed, I'm angry. But thank you that joy comes again in the morning. Thank you, Lord, that this season will not last. This moment will pass. Better things lie ahead. The kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God. That those things that seem impossible now will be made possible in your name. Rinse. And repeat, you've left some stuff become toxic in your heart and your mind too long. Rinse and repeat. Process well. It'll make you rock solid. Every now and then you just have to go, okay. Okay, that's how this is. And pick yourself up and move forward. Can you say amen? You've had to do that. We've been in load shedding stage eight. I don't know, what is it? Eight? Eleven? You can't even rinse right now. You've got to wait before you can rinse and repeat. You've got to wait. 
You go, okay, that's us right now. I'm not happy. I'm not loving it. But I am going to move on from here and I'm going to see the goodness of God in this circumstance, in these circumstances. Do not allow yourself to get stuck in the processing. Process and proceed. 1 John 5, this is the confidence we have in approaching, uh, uh, in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. I wanted to tell you, God hears you. Have confidence that God hears you. Hebrews 11 verse 1, now faith is confidence in what we hope for, in assurance about what we do not see. Don't lose your confidence that God has a plan and that God is at work. You become rock solid when you leave room for God to finish what he has started. He's not done yet. He's still working on it. Secondly, you become rock solid by possessing well. Earlier today, I got to greet some people. I enjoy doing that before the service. Go shake some hands. Sometimes I land up in an awkward handshake. Have you ever been in an awkward handshake? Now look, there are some people I shake last because their handshakes are so firm that I have to go for inner healing and stuff. I was just there like, brr. I mean, that, that, those two come together. That, that word and that handshake works together. But every now and then you shake hands with somebody and you, you, you're missing a part and it's unpleasant. You have to start again. Can we just, can we just shake properly, please? Because it's like a limp fish kind of a shake. So it's unpleasant. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's just not, it's just not appropriate. It's just like you need to, okay, you know, toughen up and just shake a hand properly, hold on tightly, say hello, look in the eyes and say, good morning, more, good morning, dag, say hello. You need to take the hand of the one who's taking your hand properly. Not like a limp fish, not looking down, but with hand outstretched as heaven's hand is outstretched towards you to take a firm grip as he takes a firm grip of you and to look God full on into the heavenlies and say, you are mine and I am yours. Carry with dignity, carry properly, possess properly. Solid people, uh, solid people, that they hold on properly. It's a solid handshake and it's a solid walk and it's a solid faith. And I want to encourage you to cultivate that. Matthew 16 says, and I tell you, Peter, that on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. You know, when Peter got solid, who am I? You're the Messiah. Peter, you're solid. And because you're solid, now I can build. I can build with anything that is solid. God is calling us to be solid. Can you say amen to that? He is a rock, but he wants you rock solid. Because I'm building on that. And then thirdly, I sort of shared it already. Fall in the right geographic place. Position yourself well. You know, sometimes we have to remind ourselves that big is just something in the eye of the beholder. And when somebody says, yeah, that's a big problem. Well, that depends how you see it. Our God is big. Everything else falls below that scale. Position yourself really well. By being solid, you say to yourself, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If it's near me, God feels it's 
impossible for me. If I'm facing it, it is nothing more than a victory in the waiting. God put this before me so that I would demonstrate my faith in this moment rather than saying it's too much for me. It's more than I can handle. It's greater than I've ever done before. This is a big one. This situation at our business, it's a big one. That situation in our marriage, that's a big one. This conflict we're going through, it's a big one. This circumstance in our country, it's a big one. Let me tell you, God is big. That situation is overcomable. That fight is winnable. That problem has a key, a solution in Christ Jesus. That circumstance is no bigger than the greatness of our God. We have to right-size everything. God is great and all these other things are overcomable. Can you say amen to that? In Isaiah chapter 48, I'm, I'm nearly done. In Isaiah 48, the Bible reminds us of this. But the children of Israel did not thirst when he led them through the desert. For he made water flow from them from the rock. He split the rock and the water gushed out. I want to remind you that if you build your life rock solid, you'll find it to be very refreshing. But if you build your life shaky, you'll find it to be unpleasing. Think about that sentence. Because if your life is not pleasing, this is the scriptural instruction, if your life is not sweet, it might be because it's built shaky. But if you build it solid, they'll always be refreshing. And I say to young people, I'll be preaching tonight and um, I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to the evening service. I quite enjoy the, the conversation that comes from that. I always tell young people when they get into relationships that are starting out shaky. Let me tell you what I've discovered now that I'm, as I said, well into my 30s. When you start out a relationship that starts out shaky, you never ease into the full enjoyment of it because you're worried about when the shakiness will break it. But if you start something solid, you can settle into it. And it is like fresh water. When it's constantly shaky, you're like, will this be the last day? Or the first day? Or the final day? When do I stand on the landmine and trigger the thing again? Those things are not how God wants you to build solidly. It's not building solidly. Building solidly is something different. I must close with a verse that struck my heart over the last few weeks. It's the last verse. It slipped my mind or perhaps I never read it before or perhaps God just illuminated it this time. But when Jesus is taken off the cross, I, I realize he was put in a cave. But I didn't realize the wording was so powerful. Going to Pontius Pilate in verse 52, he asked for Jesus' body, then he took it down wrapped it in linen cloth and placed it in a tomb, cut in the rock. One in which no one had laid before. How the stone that was cut out in Daniel, made by heaven's hands, was struck at the kingdoms of this world so that their feet of clay collapsed. 
so that at the death of Jesus, God reminds us that the one who comes out of the rock is the rock, is Christ, who when thrown into the kingdoms of this world, destroys that which is shaky and establishes that which is unshakable until the glory of God covers the earth as the waters cover the sea. Would you please stand with me? We have some people coming to the front to pray, some people going to the back to prepare coffee, and some people making ready so you can also have communion or make a prayer request on the sides uh, of the stage. Church isn't done. Uh, You can make the most of this space. But I want to take a moment for us to pray. And my prayer will be that God will make us solid. And where we feel shaky, that God will, will make us steadfast, stand strong. So let's pray. Lord, thank you this morning that uh, your word reminds us you are the rock. I know no one else like our God. Thank you, Lord, that that you're the the rock on which a house, a life is built that stands the tests of storms. Thank you, Lord, that the kingdoms of this world might be shaken, but the kingdom of our God is immovable. Thank you, Lord, that in a shaky world, you've called us to being solid in our lives. Would you please make us solid in Jesus' name? Where there are things that are shaky, would you put a firm foundation under them? Will you teach us to build nothing on sinking sand and to be reminded that you are good because you are our rock? And we honour you for that in Jesus' name. Everybody said... A lot out of praise for the morning. It's always uh, awesome uh, to spend a morning with you.